Hello, and welcome to The Big Intermission, a podcast about the future of the theater industry. I'm Emily Kling, and today I'm speaking with Joe Hanoran, who is the artistic director and co-founder of The Midnight Company, which is a theater company based in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm going to read a little bit about Joe from the website, which I'm also going to link in the show notes below. So here's from midnightcompany.com's page. Joe Hanoran's theater career stretches over several decades and several major growth spurts in the St. Louis theater scene. After graduate school and an initial corporate job, Joe served as marketing director for the St. Louis rep, then called the Loretto Hilton rep. He helped build the subscription base to over 16,000 and helped introduce the studio as an additional performing space. During that time, he was part of Theater Project Company, professional independent theater company in town, performing in a number of shows. And then it goes on after TPC, he began directing Death of a Salesman for West End Players and the Brownsville Raid, the first production from the New Black Rep. It Truly, it goes on and you should go check out. I'll go, I will link it um, because he's really had a very long, prolific career and it's really impressive to, to scroll through it. So... Yeah, I'm really excited to share this conversation I had with Joe. And enough of the intro. Here is the interview. Well, let, let me just tell you a couple seconds about where I've been, and, and you know, and, and you then I'll let you guide me. You know, I, I've kind of been on the front lines. You know, in 2020, I had three shows scheduled. Uh, live shows I had to postpone one several times before I had to cancel it. Then I had to uh, and reschedule it. And there's a second I rescheduled very early, but we had five people in it and they got scared early. So rescheduled for 2021. So two of them. One I had to cancel and it broke my heart because it was a Harry Truman show and I wanted to do it for the election, but thank God we didn't need it. But, uh, but I did uh, like, I was involved in like five Zoom things. Uh, you know, I I was in one, I wrote one for a company here, a specific Zoom thing. I was in like a charity kind of thing with a bunch of folks doing Zoom performances to raise money for artists. And then I was in two crazy New York festival Zooms at the end of the year. And then at the beginning of this year, I've writ- I wrote a Zoom. Uh, well, I didn't write one, I had, had it written, but it, was a, it worked for Zoom. It was a, more of a full length show that we produced for. And then I've got, I've got four shows scheduled, live shows for this year, starting in June and July with one man shows. And then a couple more later in the year. And I left out last year in November. I did the only live show in St. Louis. I did a one-man show then in November. And, you know, I had to go through the state and the city and everybody and do everything right and do everything limited. But they let me do it. And I think they. I think I was an experiment. I think they tossed me out there, you know, let's see what happens. But we did it. And so... You know, and, and and so coming back, I know I can do at least that, but hopefully not <laughs> that restricted as we had it. So anyway, that's where I've been, you know, in the last year and looking ahead. I love that. I actually knew some of that because I did some research. Yeah. So I had oh, questions, okay. especially about the one in-person show, because I think that's just wild. And I don't know anyone else who did that back last year. But uh, before all that, would you mind saying your name? So I have the pronunciation, right? Um, and where you are currently located and what you do. Okay. My name is Joe Hanrahan. Uh, I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. And um, I think the best description of me for this purpose, I'm the artistic director at the Midnight Company. We're a theater group in St. Louis. 
And how would you describe the COVID scene? I don't know if that's the right term, but COVID in St. Louis and how that experience has been, as well as the theater scene in St. Louis during this past this past year and change. COVID scene, I think we've been tracking along with pretty much everybody else, you know, the rest of the country, what's been happening. It's gotten, it got a little hairy for a while because of uh, the, uh, the state government, uh, you know, especially when the vaccine started distributing, it's been hairy because they've, they have sent vaccines to rural areas where there are so few people. They've sent more than is needed. They've got extras sitting there while they've kept it down in the cities, which voted against them in the last election. So that's been a little crazy. But lately, um, uh, you know, I know a lot of people get, getting their shots. I've been fortunate. I've known a couple of folks who've got it and one casualty, but uh, most folks seem to be kind of moving ahead and the city seems to be opening slowly. Uh, theater, very, very slowly. Theater is, uh, I, I think, like, like most of the rest of the country, you know, lag behind everything else. You know, for the, I, I've kind of had an ongoing battle with some of the theater hierarchy here who hold these Zoom meetings and talk about theater. And they start with 10 minutes of here's the deaths in the US. You know, that's the theater discussion and that's what's driving it. Is, um, it, 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 it's, uh, restaurants have opened earlier here and they are open. And I, I have a hard time uh, understanding the difference between a small restaurant and a small theater. Other than I think the restaurant might be more dangerous. I don't know. But uh, but you know, the one thing you have not heard, I've, I've not heard in St. Louis is I haven't heard a restaurant owner, uh, uh, chef, busboy, anybody say, don't come, don't come. It's horrible. It's dangerous. We're not going to let our people do it. And, and there's a lot of theater starting from local level here to, you know, national equity that is, you know, just right now they're like, nobody's going to do a thing until I say i'm gonna think about it you know it's it's getting kind of crazy that way yeah but but anyway i think i'm off the charts there i can do my own shows uh which i have coming up so you know which i'm gonna do so and tell me about the the one one man show you had in person back in november right it was november october it was in november yeah, yeah um i i had planned a show in september that i th right up until mid-august i thought it was possible we were things were getting a little better here before the second or third wave of whatever was getting a little better. And I thought we might be able to do it and then at least get the production ready. And then the venue, they kind of opened the door a little bit. And they said, and the state has just started this thing. You got to go through a training and got to get certified by the state. So I said, okay, good, good, good. And then they said, no, not that fast, not September. But then I had something scheduled in November, which had a, several cast members, which we've rescheduled for 2021. But in, uh, but I said, well, I got the time there. I mean, maybe I can, maybe I can do something. And so I went through the, wrote my own COVID plan, got approved by the state, had a face-to-face -face with the city, you know, and I, and they were all kind of like, well, let's, I think it was, let's try it. Um, and so um, I had to do something, you know, put something together pretty quick. And so I, I've fortunately done a lot of one-man shows in my you know, uh, uh, torn career, you know, whatever my, but, uh, um, and so I had one and I said, I can put this together pretty quickly. And I think this is okay for right now, because what kind of show, what do we, you know, what do people want to see now? So I've done a, several Eric Bogosians. And so I did, uh, again, his sex, drugs, rock and roll, which seemed to me like a good title for the pandemic. You know, everybody, I thought everybody wants hearts and flowers, but Hey, that's what you know, kind of need that too. But, um, uh, so I did that and it, we had a capacity of 18 in a, in a small, in a black box. 
Uh, you could there was just distance seating. If you came with your life partner, you could not sit with them. Everybody was six feet apart. It got the, it, it had the feeling a little bit of like a, trying to watch a comedy in a drive-in theater. You know, it was like there was not a group dynamic. And, and there were some audiences. These were the, I, I drew about with a capacity of 18, I drew about 10 or 12 a night. I had a couple more with a little more and I sold out the last matinee, which was a joy. But, uh, um, but there were some audiences where the people, they were all masked of course, and, and they all sat so still. It was like if they blinked, they were going to catch COVID. But there were, we had, we had, I, I expanded my front of house. Everybody got temperature checked. Nobody touched anything. There was no paper. You know, you could go to my website to see the program. So, you know, it was like we followed all the rules and, you know, there were no, nothing bad happened from it. Nobody reported, you know, catching anything. So anyway, that was that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like doing a show during wartime almost, you know, it, it had, you know, the show is kind of fun once you get into it, but there's still, you know, stuff out there. <laughs> I've never seen the show. It, it's a comedy. It's yeah, well, it, it's it's very funny. It makes a lot of very biting social references, you know. And it's it's an older show now. I don't know, fifteen, twenty, but it still is deals with people that we know and and people that are in our lives and in and culture. And so it's it's some harsh things that he does, but most of it is funny. And so it's supposed to, you know, in an in a off 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 Broadway kind of way. Did you pick it in part because you felt like people needed a moment of escapism? Was it like, it was, we have to get well, out and laugh? That escapism would be there no matter what I did. I, I, I picked it honestly more selfishly because I think I, I could get it ready in a couple of weeks, which I had to, and I did. And so, uh, but also the material, I love the material, you know, and looking it over, I'd done it before, it was years ago, I looked at it and was like, this is so good, really brilliant. If you don't know Bogosian, I mean, uh, he, he doesn't do these anymore much, I think, at all. But he did a series of uh, one performer shows where he plays 10, 12 insane American men in each script. And and just they're each each one, you know, more brilliant than the next. Was 18 people like 25 percent capacity, 50 percent capacity? And how uh, did selling the show work? It varied, but I think it was at least... Um, 18 is at least probably um, 30% capacity, you know, roughly, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, roughly, you know, give or take, give it, no matter, depending how you set the theater up. And was it hard to get, were people like nervous and it was kind of hard to move tickets or did they it was hard to kind of sell it? Yeah. Several weeks ahead of time and I got some PR and, you know, and they're on the big ticket site, whatever, whatever, but Tickets, I, I had scheduled three weeks, tickets went so slow. I canceled the third week right away. And I, so I only did two, but then I added a final matinee on a Sunday, which turned out to be a good deal. Oh, cool. And so you've done the in-person show and you've also done Zoom performances. So can you tell me a bit about those? And I'd love to hear your thoughts on comparing the two. You're probably one of the only people who's done both during this time. Maybe, so maybe yeah. the, the pros and cons of that, yeah. I, I know the first Zoom I did was kind of a takeoff on a comedy series set in COVID times, you know, kind of an original thing. It was kind of cute, but we were all, it was kind of, it was the first things right out of the batch. So it was kind of crazy and seemed odd. I don't know. I got to see some Zooms, I think, in the meantime. And I saw a couple of people jumped on doing some of their works that they'd done on stage Zoom. And it really struck me as like, you're acting and, you know, you're not supposed to be acting when I'm looking at you this close, you know, it's, 
you know, uh, yeah. so uh, then I wrote a Zoom. I was kind of like a, a St. Louis Shakespeare company was trying to do something. They asked me to do, and they asked me to do a specific Zoom script. So this was pretty early in the process, and this became a cliche for all of us. But it was a, a script about a, a kind of a family get together on Zoom. You know, it's a month or two into the pandemic, and well, let's get together on Zoom, you know, kind of thing. And uh, so it was like that with the usual little, you know, dramatic twists and turns and stuff. And then I was on a fundraiser where we just did, it was well-produced, just did some Zoom. Uh, we, we were reading comments that people had written about the, uh, the pandemic. And this was part of a evening long thing to raise money for the arts and singles. And then I got connected with this New York playwright and I was just did two crazy Zoom things for her, uh, real quick things late in the year. It was just fun again to do. But then what made, what formed my real thoughts on Zoom is in January, I, I worked with this group and I produced one of, a script I had almost a full length show and I kind of produced, directed, cast it. And, you know, and, the, and my learning kind of came into it when I told these actors, it's like, you're not on a stage. There's nobody in front. The only person in front of you is the person you're talking to. So bring it down, talk to them, you know? And uh, even this was a play, you know, written for the stage, but I said, this is what you gotta do, you know, to make it, to palatable to me. And I, that's the difference. It's interesting you mentioned that because part of what makes theater theater is that need for sometimes being a little over-exaggerated or repeating because you need the person in the last row to get it. And you're totally right. When you're on Zoom, we're, you know, as close as you and I are now, it's as if we're sitting across from each other at a table and it's, it's a different experience for sure. Yeah, of course there's subtle acting, but every actor who's done, you know, stuff, I mean, they're first instinct is like, go to the back row, you know? So. Do you have an anecdote that you feel represents or is symbolic of your experiences during this time, whether that's in the context of theater and theater creation, or just, you know, what this past year and few months have looked like for you? you know, my first thing is it's about survival, you know, in a broad sense, but I mean, I'm going to get real personal and selfish about it. I mean, what I've, I've tried to like, keep pushing everything I, everything I can. You know, one thing that opened up, we found one, they shut down everything early in the pandemic here, including parks and stuff and play, anybody where people could gather. But there one part, a tennis court opened up in another part of town. So we were able to resume our tennis. And so that's something I've really been focusing on. It's just, you know, something I like to do. And so I, but but really what's, what has saved my life, well, two things have saved my life. One, I've subscribed to every magazine I can find. I just want something new to look at every day, you know, so if I can, you know, whatever. And then two, well, we have a great library system here and uh, you can reserve things and then you go get them. And every week I come home with a, uh, a shopping bag. Uh, with uh, three or four books and 10 DVDs. It just, I've been knocking off stuff. But I guess, I, here's the anecdote. If you're going to edit this, here's probably the anecdote. This is the theater, this is a theater anecdote. But um, a show we have coming up in December, it's a new, new show, it's a script I've written. Um, and uh, there are two women in town that run a theater company. Uh, and they direct and act and really good stuff. And I I'd have, had a, have had a chance to collaborate with them a lot of times. I've acted with them and they've worked with me. But um, we did this these two things back to back where I directed the two of them in a two-person play. 
And then a month later, one of the women directed me and the other woman in a two-person play. So he said, you know, we got to finish this. You got to direct me and the other woman in a two-person play. So we've been looking for scripts for like, you know, the right script for like five years. We just haven't found it. So with the pandemic, I said, well, you know, I have no excuse but to write it. You know, so I wrote one that's that we are scheduled. Everybody's in on, in on it and scheduled. And I think it's going to be a, a good one for us. And it's actually three. It's three short plays, but they all kind of take place, but we play different characters in the same culture. That's awesome. It's like a round robin theatrical. Almost, you know, there are three, there's three different scenes, three different places, three different stories, but we each get to play three different characters. I love that. That's awesome. Um, I'm really impressed because I think what a lot of artists have said during this time is they feel a little bit stuck or it's hard to stay creative. What and it sounds like you've, you know, really created a lot of stuff and challenged yourself and tried new things. So one, what helped with that? Like what kept that going? And two, what advice would you have for other artists who might not be in that same headspace and zone of making new things? I think it's something I've backed into, you know, I've, uh, I, I had a business career, but I always have done business and theater at the same time. But since I stopped doing business stuff, I've been focusing on theater. And so I've been able to do a lot more. And so it's been exponential. I just keep knocking things out, you know, and I always want to be, you know, I, and I know as I'm going to get, we're all going to get busier in this coming year, you know, as terms of things we're going to have to do. And I know I'm going to look back nostalgically at the, at the pandemic when I didn't have to do anything, <laughs> just sit there and you know, read or watch TV. But, uh, but, but, but I've tried to, you know, I mean, I, I, I'd like something to be, you know, uh, on my agenda every day. I may not always get to it. Uh, you know, I may give myself a day off occasionally, but, and so I, I, I really, I'm constantly, you know, right now, even though I've got a pretty heavy schedule, I've mentioned four shows for my company in October, another company is doing a script of mine and they, they may want me to act in it. I might do it just because I know it and I've done it before. And I'm even looking at a fringe thing in August possibly at a St. Louis Fringe Festival to get, bring something there just because like, well, I got August off. What am I going to do? You know, so I just, you know, as, and I, the pandemic, if anything, is probably, you know, kind of lit a fire under, uh, you know, my my ornery, uh, you know, being. And I, you're like, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do stuff. You know, nobody's doing, you know, let's do stuff, you know, one way or another. <laughs> do you feel, well, do you feel, and if so, how do you feel your job and Midnight Theater Company are going to be changed once live in-person in performances are back? Do you think there's going to be something that never goes back to, the before times, um, do you think everything will kind of rubber band snap back to how it was? What what do you think that'll look like? No, no, I, I'm I'm guessing. You know, from if I would get to guess right now, I mean, I think the year, even going into you know the shows I'm going to do in November, December, there's still going to be some kind of restrictions, even if it's psychological. You know, I mean, you know, you know, hopefully we'll be able to expand and it'll be, I'll be able to do a, a show with five people in November. You know, and all those things would be good, but. I think it's going to be slow coming. I mean, for example, I mean, you got to include, we've got theaters here in town that, you know, they successful equity theaters, mid, draw, they, they draw 200 a night and they need to draw 200 a night. And they're not, they're, they've been very slow at kind of like saying, we're even going to think about it, you know, and then we have bigger theaters, of course, here too, the major rep and a few other things. And 
I, I don't think it's going to be till next year, but I think by next year, maybe hopefully sometime, we'll kind of get back to, you know, the kind of audiences of the different spaces we're used to. It's going to be different until then. What are you most looking forward to when live in-person performance returns at, if not full volume, let's say 80% full, you know, it's practically back. What are you, what are you looking forward to? I'm, I'm really looking forward to the shows I'm doing and getting out there. And, you know, I, uh, I, I guess I had a little taste of it in November when I did that show. And, you know, I, I was on a radio show and somebody said, oh, do you really, you know, you need to get out there and perform. And it's like, no, no, it's not the performance. It's like what I like doing, especially with a company that I get to, is like, I like to tell stories, you know, and I, if I can be a member of a cast, if we're telling a good story, it's like, I, that's what I love about theaters. Like, listen to this. This is a really good story, you know, and, uh, and the, then you have to perform it, of course, well, you know, one way or another. But so that's that, that, what I look forward to is bringing these stories forward, you know, and as many as I can. And this is my last question that I have, uh, which is just how can people learn more about what you and Midnight Theater Company are doing? Um, where should they go? What's the website or social media handle or newsletter? You tell me. Yeah, yeah. We have uh, uh, midnightcompany.com is our website. Pretty comprehensive. It's got all the shows we've ever done and it's got scripts on there and and, and it's got, you know, and I, I, I've enjoyed doing uh, uh I think this was in the early days of blogs and I said, so, 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 but I didn't know what a blog was. I just thought it was something to write and put on your website. So that's what I did. And like most blogs, I'm either patting myself on the back or complaining, but it does give a pretty uh, good overview of uh, what's been happening in theater in St. Louis over the past 20, 25 years. Cause I, uh, I like, uh, you know, I, try, <laughs> I write about a lot of things. You have been listening to The Big Intermission. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's how people find out about it. And it just helps get the word out. You can also go to the website, www.thebigintermissionpodcast.com and check out the other episodes. You can reach out to me. I check the email. And thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your week.